1: I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 389.
2: And today, we're back for another Rut Fresh Radio episode in which we're getting from the
1: field updates from all the country on current deer activity, deer behavior, and the tactics that are working right now. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. This is episode 389. This is Rut Fresh Radio, but this is not Mark Kenyon. Mark can't join us tonight. He is out helping further track a deer. But Mark did tell me to tell you that you're not going to want to miss tomorrow's episode of the podcast. He has an update for us on his target buck, Tran, but I'm not going to say any more than that. If Mark were joining me, um, we would certainly discuss how late November is still a good time to be in the woods. Mark would have something motivational for you about how you shouldn't give up. And the rut is still happening. So you're just going to have to use your imagination on what he would say. If you don't want to use your imagination, go over to media.com and type in how to kill a whitetail buck in late November. Mark wrote that article last November, but it applies to this year as well, and it talks about how you can get it done during the second half of the rut, and why some big buck hunters actually prefer this to any other part of the season. Another article is publishing tomorrow, November 19th, on TheMeteor.com from Tony Peterson, and that is called How to Kill a Whitetail Buck During the Second Half of the Rut. In it, Tony talks about how you need to change two things to be successful this time of year. One of them is your expectations and the other is your strategy. So check out that article tomorrow afternoon and you're going to learn whatever you would have picked up from hearing me and Mark talk about in this intro. All right, now I'm going to get back to the regularly scheduled programming and the hunters that we talked to this week are Bryce Lamley from Nebraska, Brett Joy from New Hampshire, Josh Rooker from Illinois, and Caden Starnes in Mississippi. These guys are full of good information and optimism, which is really key for killing a buck in late November. So let's get to our interviews. Our interviews this week are presented by Trophy Ridge. Head over to TrophyRidge.com to check out their new 2021 lineup of -of top-of-the-line releases. From t handles to wrist releases, they have a premium option for everyone. That's TrophyRidge.com. All right. And joining us on the line first is Bryce Lamley from Nebraska. Now, Bryce in Nebraska, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10?
3: Honestly, and you know, I'm usually conservative about this, but I would say a nine and I would say it's been a nine since about November 3rd. I averaged over, uh, six point, I think it's 6.5 deer per day, 6.5 bucks per day. Um, during that time period, hunting, morning and evening but that's still a lot of bucks for me to see in an area that doesn't have much visibility at
1: all what would you label this phase of the rut in late november in nebraska
3: um late november it just seems to me like uh we're on the tail end of the lockdown and uh, you know it's, i think some of the bucks are just recouping their energy and and laying low and others are popping back up and still anxious for more. I still think we're going to be seeing some deer in this this time period. I like to get closer to some food sources and where does are going to food sources and bucks are trying to cut them off.
1: You mentioned food sources. What food sources do you think are relevant right now in the Great Plains?
3: Well, I think obviously your corn and, and if there's still some beans left. We've also got some alfalfa in Milo, but not in my area. I wish we had that. If the corn and beans are are harvested and if the corn is disced under, there's not much cover out there. And so it seems to me like a lot of the feeding is done nocturnally. And so, you know, the sun sets and there's nothing out in the field, sun rises, there's nothing out in the field, but they've been there overnight. That said, you might find some interesting food sources back in the timber. And one of them that I kind of found by accident near one of my really good stands this fall was a a locust tree that had dropped a ton of seed pods and every deer doe and buck that came by stopped for a minute two minutes and sometimes even an hour just gobbling up seed pods from those locusts and I think if you've got you know a a situation like that where maybe deer are hungry during the day but not a lot of uh, ag type food or acorns left, they might be gravitating towards something like a locust tree, or maybe like if you do still have acorns left, something like that.
1: What do you expect to see for sign making during the week of Thanksgiving?
3: Well, it seems to me like that's kind of the time when maybe bucks will start coming back to the scrapes. Uh, my trail cameras over scrapes didn't show much in the last couple of weeks that I think deer were busy chasing the real thing. Um, if they did, they walked right through them. They didn't really stop it for the most part. And so I think it's kind of a time where they start revisiting scrapes. It's also a good place to maybe take inventory. And if uh, you're trying to figure out what has survived thus far, we're in the middle of our gun season here in Nebraska right now. And so I'm always curious about Thanksgiving time to try to start taking inventory and seeing which bucks made it and which bucks I still have to hunt in, in late November and through the month of December.
1: I know you've had a lot of success bow hunting from the ground. What do those setups look like during the second half of the rut?
3: Well, I, I would say from the ground and from low tree stands. I, I have tree stands 6, eight, ten feet. Probably the majority of my stands are 8 to 10 feet. And um, also a lot of ground setups too. And I think, again, you need to be, if you're hunting from the ground, you might want to consider places that, don't have a ton of doe traffic because eventually you may get picked off, or if you do, it's it's passing through. It's not loitering around. It gives you a better chance of remaining undetected. I also like um, those areas maybe where um, either where those areas where does like to hide from bucks, and maybe that might be the heaviest cover. And on one of my timbers, it's a patch of cedars that you can barely crawl through, and so I like to be downwind of something like that. So a buck cruising by might come through on the downwind side of of that cover using his nose to check what he can't hardly see. And if I'm downwind of him, I've got a chance, and he's probably not paying a whole lot of attention to me. We had an ice storm here in Nebraska that took a lot of trees and, and branches down, and it has totally remade the forest where I hunt. And I think that's going to offer actually some more opportunity for places to hide. Um, when a guy's wanting to try to hunt from the ground
1: when you're hunting in late november do you historically expect to see better movement in the morning or the evening
3: well it's interesting in in the november 1 through about november 14 period i was seeing a little bit better action the first two hours of morning and then the very last hour of the evening and then of course any time in between between but those were the the best time periods it was the very first two hours and the last hour it seems like after the the rut that doesn't really change a whole lot for me I guess I look at uh, seeing less daytime activity middle of the day and so I I'm able to hunt uh, cut my hunts a little bit shorter I don't have to stay out all day and that type of thing if you have a good food source and it gets cold both then I think the evenings are better because then I think the, they're more anxious to you know replenish their stores and and uh, get out there and try to put the weight back on if you've got a good food source like a standing cornfield or maybe a cornfield that's not been just under or some standing beans, I think that would be a gold mine, especially in the evening.
1: Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Nebraska? I still
3: give it a nine. I'm seeing a lot of bucks showing up on social media. They're getting killed gun and bow. And uh, I've always liked that Thanksgiving time period all the way through about December 10th or 12th or 15th it just seems like that uh, the bucks that survive our gun season are still active and still trying to find some loving.
1: All right, Bryce, great information. Good luck with the rest of your season. And thanks for joining me.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: All right. And joining us on the line next is Caden Starnes from rugged whitetail in Mississippi. Now Caden in Mississippi, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10?
2: Uh, Lately, I'm going to say it's been around a four. Uh, It's been pretty, Pretty warm weather here in Mississippi. Um, they, they haven't been on their feet a whole lot. I have been seeing some get up kind of early. It depends on how close you are to bedding. Um, not seeing any on the food sources till well after dark. But um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it of a four. Uh, they just haven't been living a whole lot because of the weather. But hopefully that picks up because a little bit of a cool weather is coming in.
1: Are you still seeing bachelor groups together then?
2: Yeah, I, I actually have. The other day I saw a few. Bucks grouped together, and um, me and me and dad both have been seeing bucks still together. Haven't really seen them separating yet.
1: Are you seeing any sign making right now in Mississippi?
2: I actually seen a, a lot of scrapes opening up. Um, been seeing a lot of rubs, but just here in the past week, I've seen a lot of scrapes been opening up, and um, a, a lot of rubs getting laid down. A lot of big tracks are starting to get laid down too.
1: During this very early pre-rut in Mississippi, are you primarily hunting evenings or are you hunting mornings as well?
2: I'm hunting both. Uh, I tend to scout a lot in the morning. I scout a lot of public, so I've been scouting a lot of public in the morning. And I'll hunt the evening more just because it's been kind of warm and uh, I haven't seen them on the street a whole lot right now. But I'm going to start hunting mornings here pretty
1: soon. When you're scouting on public land in Mississippi in season, what sorts of things are you looking for right now?
2: Right now, I'm I'm looking for the sign. I'm looking for fresh sign, uh, scrapes right now, um, rubs, fresh rubs. I'm looking for big tracks. Uh, I usually try to stick to the uh, transitions, and then I'll follow the sign back from there to bedding. Um, if I find an eighth entry that that there's a lot of, you know, sign under, uh, I might fit that, but I, I just try to stick close to bedding.
1: What does an ideal bedding location look like in Mississippi?
2: Well. It, it all depends on where you're at. You know, um, some some places, are, it, it varies across the state is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I, I try to get pretty close to thick areas. I, see, I found the bucks that the, they like really thick areas or places far away from hunters tend to, where they tend to be.
1: Where are your trail cameras placed right now?
2: Uh, I've got a few cameras placed on scrapes. Um, I have a few on the trail that are exiting bedding. I I don't really don't run a lot of cameras, but um, the one I do, I usually keep them on the scrapes. I try to keep them far away so I don't you know bump any deer out.
1: You mentioned that you're not really focused on food sources yet. When does that change for you?
2: It will change as we get into January, really. Um, I just I don't stick close to food. I found that the bucks and it all depends on where you're at. Some places uh, do good, but I found that the bucks don't usually come out till. Right at dark, and you need to be close to that bedding and uh but into January, I will get closer to food and stay on food, or even early season uh like right out of the gate the first the first week in october I'll, I'll hunt for Simmons or I'll hunt an acorn tree if it's dropping.
1: Do you do any calling during this phase of the rut in Mississippi?
2: Uh, not really uh I found that deer here they really don't react I mean, they do react a little bit to calling, but right now I'm not doing any calling, but once you get like into the peak rut. I will do a little bit of calling, but mostly just grunts or even a, a doe estrus bleat, but but nothing, no rattling or
1: anything like that. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Mississippi?
2: I'm going to put it on a 7. Uh, the cooler weather came in a little bit, so I'm thinking they're going to get on the feet a little bit earlier. And as we get closer to the rut, I think they're going to start cruising around a little bit more looking for those
1: early does. All right, Caden, a lot of season for you to go in Mississippi. Good luck and thanks for joining me. Thank you. All right, and joining us on the line next is Josh Rooker from Advantage Whitetail in Illinois. Now, Josh, in Illinois, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10?
4: Uh, Right now, I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably about a 7. We've seen some really good activity in some parts of the state. Um, Our team, Advantage Whitetail team, actually hunts different couple parts of the state. Uh, the west central part has been a little bit slower uh, the last week or so here. Um, and then, uh, but the northwest corner in Joe Davies County where uh, the other half of our team hunts, uh, activity has been really good. We've been seeing a lot of deer. Um, majority of the bucks we've been seeing um, have been cruising, looking for, you know, these last does of the of the rut season here. Um, and we've been seeing all age class of bucks, a so year and a half, two and a half's, uh, three and a half, four and a half in and, and older deer as well. Um, more recently, uh, some of the more mature deer have been with those. Um, so they've been a little bit difficult, uh, I guess to call at, they haven't really been responding much to calling, but uh, most of the younger deer um, have been very, very receptive to calling, um, whether it be a, a doe bleat or a, a buck grunt, um, or even rattling for that matter.
1: If you were to label this phase of the rut in Illinois, what would you call it?
4: Well, I hate to use the word lockdown because uh, it's not something we really believe in, um, but I will say that the most mature bucks that we've seen uh, recently have been with those. Again, they have not been very receptive to, to calling, um, and, and more or less they're just calling those those wherever they're going.
1: You mentioned before that you're doing some calling right now. Do you do any decoying as well?
4: Uh, we have not tried decoying. Um, actually, are, are the stands that have produced, I guess, the most um, most activity recently have actually been uh, more in the timber. We haven't had as much activity on, on the edges, which is a little bit strange or a little bit different for us um, compared to last year's. But I think crops in B and being in versus out or vice versa this year, also the crop rotation has affected that a little bit. Um, the majority of the deer movement we've been seeing has been in the in the thicker bedding areas, uh, where bucks are cruising, you know, kind of just scent checking, looking for those does.
1: What are the hottest food sources right now in Illinois?
0: Uh, right
4: now, by us, it's, it's definitely corn. Um, there are a couple of fields actually on our farm that still have standing corn, uh, and the deer numbers in those areas are very high. Uh, the deer not only using that for cover, but it's very clear that they're using um, the head rows that have been picked uh, as their their main food source at this point in time.
1: As we get into late November, what do you expect to see for sign making?
4: As we move on in the, in the month of November here, um, I anticipate the, the scrape activity, um, the rubs, those things to kind of decrease. Again, we're going to see a lot of the, the bucks checking out the major food sources, uh, whether that's, you know, acorns in your area, beans, um, cut corn could be alfalfa, depending on the specific location. Ours happens to be corn here, but really in the next couple of weeks here, it's going to be really focused on those food sources, that's where the does are going to be. And the bucks are sure to follow.
1: During the week of Thanksgiving, where do you want to be running your trail cameras?
4: Uh, During the week of Thanksgiving, Artfield cameras are going to be right on those uh, food source edges. Um, Pretty close to our our stands because obviously we want to see the activity directly in front of our stands. Some of these food sources are rather large. uh, At times can be um, a struggle to try to pinpoint where the deer are coming out, um, where they're bedding, uh, different things of that nature. Because as the crops come off, those things transition throughout the year. Um, But again, really trying to get... Hone in on those food sources on those edges where you can see a a pretty large view of of what's in front of the camera.
1: Going forward, then, in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Illinois?
4: On a scale of one to 10 for the next week here, I think it's going to be, continue to be a seven. I think it's going to be really solid. Um, It's going to, you know, the weather's looking good, shaping up to be um, nice and cool. I think it's going to continue to be good in our areas and, and throughout the Midwest for that matter. Um, it's a, it's a good time to be in the woods and, and advantage Whitetail as a group, uh, the more time we spend in the woods, uh, we're really starting to lean towards this you know, middle to, to later end of November being just as good or even better than, than what the earlier part of November can be.
1: All right, Josh, I like your optimism. Good luck to you and the team from advantage whitetail. Thanks for joining me.
4: Thank you much, Spencer. Appreciate
1: it. All right. And joining us on the line next is Brett Joy in New Hampshire. Now, Brett in New Hampshire, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10?
5: I would say that, um, it's the best that it's been all year. Um, the weather has been excellent. It's been very cold, uh, which is vastly different from the week before last or last week, I should say um which was very warm so i'd say it's pretty much at a 10. it doesn't get much better than than it is right now um the bucks are moving mature bucks are moving um they're looking for the next estrus doe um and they're covering a lot of ground in daylight so it's basically all you could ask for the only thing we don't have is tracking snow yet but if you're a stand hunter in the northeast uh, this is what you look what you wait for these dates this weather Yep, it's it's going down.
1: So are you seeing some midday movement right now?
5: Yeah, we are. Um not not a ton yet. I, I think that the next historically, um today's the eighteenth, um n you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty one, twenty two is when we see the most midday activity. So I, I bet we're gonna see a lot of noon walkers in the next three or four days. Um, but I'm sure there's been some too. Just because we haven't seen it in the big woods doesn't mean that it's not happening. We're relying on camera data and you know observation, which usually we can't see very far, and we're you know dealing with tens of thousands of acres so observational data is tough and trail cameras can only uh, cover so much so I'm sure it's happening it always does, but I'm sure we'll see some on the cameras or you know in person in the next few days
1: you mentioned trail cameras as we hit peak rut in the northeast where do you want to be running those
5: um the only difference is i may put some on major like trails like travel areas pinch points funnels uh you know just main travel corridors where those deer are you know using to get from point a to point b i will say though i don't rely a ton on trail camera data this time of year just because you know when bucks are going from a to b they're not mowsing around they're not taking their time and there's just less opportunity for them to walk in front of your camera so um just because you're not getting pictures of the bucks you want to if you've had them in the last couple weeks two three weeks you can expect that they're going to be somewhere close and at any point they could cruise by you so i wouldn't get too down if you know the picture or have a picture of the buck you're after you know in the last few days um you know we, we have been getting some good pictures but it's definitely tailed off then, or tailed off since, you know, late October, the first week in November. So they're still on scrapes, a lot of them, and those bucks are hitting scrapes, kind of if they're in their way, I would say, but it's not like they're going out of their way, working scrapes, making a bunch of new ones. They are to an extent, but the scraping activity has definitely declined. Um, and subsequently, the trail camera activity has declined as well, but that doesn't mean the deer or the buck activity has declined. It's actually increased So that's just an important takeaway that I've learned over the years, especially in the big woods.
1: When you're doing some in-season scouting in the big woods, what are you looking for when you're trying to find buck bedding and doe bedding?
5: Uh, I'd be focused definitely on doe bedding. Uh, I don't think these bucks are bedding much. And if they are, they're kind of bedding where they end up, you know, randomly because they're tired and need to lay down for an hour before they go look for the next doe. So I'm focusing on doe bedding. Uh, You know, that can be anything. It can be, you know, a thick, you know conifer stand it can be edges of a clear cut it can be topography based in the mountains like points on ridges um, it can be swamps so looking for a concentration of does is really important and obviously buck sign is going to help as well but um, if you can find rubs that's great scrapes all that stuff but um, really does are where it's at and if you can find an area that you know is a highway between two areas that hold good you know densities of does then you're going to be in a good area I would I would assume and have some action but you know staying mobiles if you stay mobile if you haven't found that spot and looking for it is good um you know if you bump a bunch of does that's probably a good area and that one thing that I've um kind of come to realization come to the realization over the past few years is if you bump does out of a you know small area where the does live they're not going to leave and just because you bump those does that buck that may or may not be in that area doesn't know those does got bumped, he's still going to come through and check that area. So just because you bump the does out of there, that buck still knows those does live in that area, and he's going to keep continually circling through those areas to check them. So I wouldn't be too concerned with blowing does out, find the does. Um, And, you know, the does aren't going to really leave either. They have relatively small core areas. So if you bump them a couple times, you're not going to just completely leave the country. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that right now.
1: If we got a fresh blanket of snow in the Northeast within this next week, how would that change things for you on a tactical level?
5: Yeah, it it would actually change things a lot. Right now, we've been sitting on, you know, known areas or bucks crews from the past few years targeting specific animals. But um, really, it's tough to target a specific one right now. You're going to have to hope that the one you're looking for walks through, but it could be any number of bucks. Um, but I do have a couple of deer that I've got pictures of recently, um, that I am not familiar with the years past or early, even earlier in the season. I have no idea what they're doing if they're random. I know they're in the area We're hunting or I'm hunting them now, um, where I think they may come through, but if we get snow and I am able to find a big track, that's a, you know, a real fast way to get on that deer and kill him in a day rather than trying to hunt him for, you know, the rest of the season and hope that he walks by, um, with limited information on him.
1: Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in New Hampshire?
5: I think it's going to remain in a 10 for the next three or four days. It may taper a bit towards the end of the week, um, you know, maybe to an 8 or 9, but I still think it's going to be really high. Um, peak breeding is tomorrow essentially in New Hampshire, um, so that's great. And just on the other side of peak breeding, maybe the 22nd to 27th, is really good, um, really good action. A lot of older deer up cruising, looking for does. It's going to start to taper off, you know, towards the 30th a little bit. You're still going to have good activity, but just maybe not the midday, all zombie mode cruising, as I call it, where those deer are just searching and searching relentlessly.
1: All right, Brett, I know you guys just killed the buck there, so I'm going to go check out that video on the Just Hunt Club on YouTube. Good luck with the rest of your season, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. And that concludes this week's episode of Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to Bryce, Brett, Josh, and Caden for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. Like I told you earlier, head over to TheMeatEater.com and read up on those articles that I mentioned, how to kill a whitetail buck in late November, and how to kill a whitetail buck during the second half of the rut. There's some really good wisdom there from Mark Kenyon and Tony Peterson. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the Whitetail Weekly newsletter. It comes out every single Monday, and it has exclusive content from folks like Mark, Tony, myself, Dylan Tramp, Pat Durkin, Danielle Pruitt, and more. One final thing, Back 40 Episode 2 is available on Meat Eaters' YouTube channel right now, and Episode 3 is going to be dropping on Sunday. Good luck to everyone listening. I will talk to you next week, and until then, stay wired to hunt. your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.